Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Basketball is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. As your continued source for all sporting wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to uh, another episode of Believe in Nuggets. It, uh, It's... Your host, Asher, as always, uh, joined by my co-host, Gage Richard. How you doing today, man? Uh, doing well. Glad to be back. Glad to be talking Nuggets basketball. Kind of riding high, even though the Nuggets are 1-2 and two in their last three games just because of the win that they got on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the In case you have been under a rock for the past uh, week or so, uh, Jokic missed, has missed the last three games with uh, Jamal Murray missing the last two games due to health and safety protocols. And before that, uh, Bones Highland was also in health and safety protocols. Uh, that has caused uh, Jokic to miss the last three, Jamal Murray to miss the last two. And uh, they have gone one and two in those games, which on paper is uh, you know net negative, but on in context, not bad, especially considering that the win that they got came uh, yesterday against the Dallas Mavericks with a narrow one-point victory, which is arguably one of uh, is arguably the feel-good win of the season, and is certainly you know like a top win of the season because it came without Jamal Murray, it came without Nikola Jokic, it also came without Aaron Gordon, who has missed uh, the last few games with a non-COVID-related illness. Um, it came down to Bones Highland doing really really good stuff with rim pressure with scoring the ball playmaking he was doing basically everything for the nuggets offense last night and it is not the first time we've seen a really big bones highland performance this season he's really come starting to come into his own a bit uh, more this season as you know these last few games he's turned it on what have you seen from bones highland uh, not only last night but just over the course of the last, you know, handful of games. You know, Bones, uh, at the beginning of the year, I wasn't that high on him. I saw some questionable playmaking uh, out of him. I felt that he was a little too ball dominant at times, and I felt that it was hurting the offense overall. I felt that they would do better with a a guard that was more distribution-minded than a guy that was scoring-minded. but. Over the last three games, we've really gotten to see that scoring-mindedness pay off. I mean, obviously, the 29 points that he had against Dallas on Sunday was huge. It went a long t- way towards them getting that win. I mean, he had just he had right around a third of the team's points overall, and that's anytime you can get that from a guy off the bench, that just makes a huge difference in your in your level of success on a nightly basis. Obviously, you don't want to have to rely on one of your guys off the bench to be a primary scorer for you. But 
that's what Bones is right now. I mean, he's shooting 45% on three, but 40% overall, which is objectively weird and hilarious to me. But yeah, he has, over the last several games, he's really turned it on, and he's really made a just a big difference. And I've seen kind of a a turning of the page almost for him after like kind of the slow Rocky start where it seemed like he was just constantly hunting his own shot. And I feel like he's getting better at playing within the offense rather than just playing for himself. I mean, you'll hear the commentators talk about it every night where he's going to rise up for that shot. That's a little further out than he should probably take, but he's making that shot right now. And you kind of got to, he's like the like the line from the other guys. He's a peacock. You got to let him fly. Sometimes he's going to take shots where you're like, "Why are you taking that shot?" But he's also he's making it. He's doing good things. He's leading the offense to success when he's out there. And for now, you got it, and you got to ride with that. I yeah. am still a little. I'm I'm like cautiously optimistic. There are things in his game where I think that he's a little too aggressive sometimes, but. I think that as he gets older and the season goes on, I think he's only going to continue to play better and better uh, with each passing game. I agree. These last uh, six ga- or seven games that he's played, which there he has missed four of the last 11 games, just with health and safety protocols uh, for a couple of them. And then, you know, some rinky dink uh, injury or ticky tack injuries, you know, like just, ankle soreness or, you know, hip soreness, that sort of thing. But over the last seven games that he's been active for, he's averaged uh, 26.6 minutes a game. And in those minutes, he's had 21 points a game on 43.6 from the field, 49.2 from three, 91.3 from the line, also averaging four assists in those games with uh, a steal game as well. He has not scored under double digits uh, in the last seven games with four of them being 20 plus point games. And the lowest that he has scored was 14. He's really turned a corner. Um, I think there are still some things that you would like him to work on, like the finishing uh, and inside the arc scoring in general still isn't where it needs to be, but he is getting better at that. We saw that get a lot better, uh, especially in last night's game against Dallas, where the main way he was generating offense was creating pressure on the rim for, you know, uh, the Nuggets offense, making Dallas's defense fold into him, collapse, try and focus on him because he was actually finishing at the rim, getting there uh, with a full head of steam. And that led to a career high 29. And that I think is a recipe that can be very uh, replicable. And I think that we can see that moving forward. He's been probably the Nuggets more, most reliable offensive player over the last three games. Uh, obviously you've had other players uh, scoring and playing well with KCP, Bruce Brown uh, being the other main two that come to mind. Uh, you've had people struggle, and we I feel like that's necessary to talk about with Michael Porter Jr. not being uh, the having the best showings over the last uh, few games without Nikola Jokic and uh, one without Jamal Murray. It's not like uh, on the season he's been bad. On the season he's been quite good. But in the last three games without uh, Joker 
and the last two without Jamal, uh, in those three games, he's only averaged 9.7 points on 32.4% uh, from the floor and 18.8% from three with only uh, 3.7 rebounds and one uh, stock a game. Now, before this, he had played pretty phenomenally throughout the entire season with uh, the three games before this. Uh, so he play, had played 12 games the season before the last three. And in those games, he was averaging 18 points on uh, 49.7, 48.3, 85 splits with 6.4 rebounds uh, and also uh, one steal and block again. Uh, one, one steal and block being those two combined, not one steal and one block. Those numbers uh, have taken a, a bit of a dip over the last three games uh, on the entire season because we're at the point where a three-game sample size will sway your numbers one way or the other. And in these three games, it's become pretty apparent that he has some holes in his game that you know Jokic really helps with. Uh, that having someone who has that sort of gravity frees up a lot of his off-ball scoring. And we've seen that his uh, on-ball scoring could use some work. His handle is not where you kind of need it to be if he, if Joker is out, if uh, Jamal Murray is out. And last game, we saw him in the win against Dallas shoot 6 of 11 from the field. So not bad, uh, but also 1 of 5 from uh, the three-point three line, 1 of 4 from the free throw line. Uh, a lot of the shots he has been missing are shots that he can make. So this isn't like I expect him every game without Jokic to average 10 points on 30% shooting. He's more talented than that. And a lot of the things we've seen, we're seeing are, uh, just, he's missing shots that he could normally make, but there are a lot of things that he does far better with Joker on the court or at least him being around so that even when he's, you know, uh, holding down those bench units, he's able to uh, just kind of, the defense is still playing as if Joker is a threat to be played. What have you seen out of Michael Porter Jr. over the last, you know, three games that, what are your takeaways from those games? You know, you actually... I thought that I was going to be able to get my point in, and then you swooped it right in the last uh, sec segment of your section there. Of I think that Jokic's absence has made a huge it, – it's a huge difference, obviously, for the entire team, but for MPJ specifically, because MPJ right now is not the greatest on-ball guy. You mentioned it there. His handle could use some work. He's just not the best at taking guys one-on-one. -on -one. Specifically, he's not the best at taking guys one-on-one -on -one when – Everybody on the floor expects him to be the guy. That's the entire point of why the offense works so well with Jokic as the centerpiece because the gravity that he has both as a scorer himself as well as a distributor, which we saw early in the year, everyone's like, why isn't Jokic scoring? It's He doesn't have to score. Look at the rest of the floor. That's why he's not scoring because everyone else out there can score. That's why this, that's why this offense works so well when everybody is present. MPJ, okay, fine. You want to go ahead and leave him open? He's going. He will make you pay, and Jokic will find him. You want to leave KCP open because, okay, well, we left MPJ last time, and we can't single cover Jokic, so we got to send the double from somewhere. We'll send it from over here. 
Okay, KCP hits you. Okay, well, we'll send it from Gordon. He's not the best shooter. Okay, well, Gordon will cut to the rim, and he'll get an easy dunk. You can't leave anybody open when everybody's healthy, and that's the, that's the main thing we're seeing with Jokic out of the lineup right now is without Jokic, MPJ is going to struggle because he just doesn't have as much space. Even if, even if it's as simple as spotting up, he doesn't have as much room to work as a spot-up shooter because everybody can play a little closer to their man with Jokic out because DeAndre Jordan is not the guy that you need to send a double to. If the ball ends up in Jordan's hands, the they're fine. They are willing to the defenses are willing to live with him in a one-on-one opportunity because he's not going to shoot. And if he does, he's going to be really close to the basket when he does it. So if he's any so if he's at like the elbow, they are content to let him be one-on-one, which means the MPJ never gets the chance to get that wide open look. And that means that he doesn't get rolling like we've seen him do. So as yeah. long as Jokic is out of the lineup, we are going to see MPJ struggle. I think that's just how it is. He'll have a game where he goes off with Jokic on the bench for sure. But the main thing is right now with Jokic out, I think MPJ is going to continue to struggle just because of where his game is at currently. Yeah, I would agree. I think that uh, a lot of the struggles like uh, we've mentioned, come from the lack of uh, his ability to create on ball. But though that might come with time, it might not. At this point, I'm, you know, we've seen that MPJ is a fairly similar player now than he was before he got hurt uh, in the 1920 season and this, or in the 2021 season. And we have kind of grown accustomed to this is what he's going to be. This is probably what he's going to do. There will be probably improvements. Uh, like this season, he's improved on defense. Uh, specifically, he's giving a lot of effort. Malone always mentions that he's giving far more effort uh, than a lot of guys on the team. He is trying on defense. Um, and it does stand out because he isn't uh, like a complete liability on that end anymore he's still not a good defender but he is far from as bad as he was in say like the jazz series in the bubble or you know even before that uh even after that this is probably the most complete we've seen michael porter as a player though you would like to see him get even more well-rounded in his play is that going to happen who knows player development in the nba is a wildly diverse story that can unfold you know it can either go super well uh they can stay relatively the same they can stagnate it really depends on a lot of factors and we'll just have to see what happens uh, with michael porter but outside of him the uh biggest stories are just jamal and Jokic missing time and they will be back at some point soon they are they have been upgraded from like definitely out to doubtful uh, to play tomorrow uh, against the Pistons, probably when you guys are listening to this. Uh, if not, it'll be Tuesday. That's when the game is taking place. And after that, they face the Thunder on a back-to-back uh, Wednesday, and then they have the Clippers on Friday. So at some point this week, it's likely that we see a joke at Joker and Jamal back, and we will probably be able to get back to talking about the Nuggets as they usually are. 
Um, before we move on to previewing these games, are there any standouts that you want to talk about or any observations that you've had over these last three games that you feel are important to talk about? I mean, I got to shout out Bruce Brown. Uh, we, I know we talked about him all offseason, uh, that he was probably, I know he was my favorite signing of the offseason. I know that you were very high on him as well. Uh, over just not only the last three games, over the last five games, he's scored double digits every game. He's shooting, he shot above 50% in three of those five games. Uh, and a couple of those ones were like the Boston game where he just got more shots because of the blowout and he was just on the floor more. But Bruce Brown has been everything that they have expected him to be. He's aver- he's had six, six, three, seven, eight assists over that over that uh span. He's had ten rebounds, eleven rebounds, six, four, and four. Which I mean, the four and four make a lot of sense because DeAndre Jordan has absolutely gobbled up rebounds. I believe he had eighteen uh, on Sunday against Dallas. Brown is doing everything you could ask for from like that they could have asked for for from him. He's had negative point differentials in a couple of those, but it's because the starters as a whole struggled in those games. Like he was minus 13 against Dallas on Friday, but then again, every starter was bad against Dallas on Friday. Same thing went against Boston. He was minus eight, but everybody was bad against Boston because Boston literally could not miss. I'm pretty sure they just made another shot as we're recording this. But Mm -hmm. Bruce Brown has been everything that they could have hoped for. And I think that he's, he is going to be a just a key piece of this team all season long because whether it's filling in as a spot starter, whether it's playing starter minutes when somebody's in foul trouble or hurt, he is just absolutely, I could not be happier with the Bruce Brown signing. He continues to look like one of the best moves of the offseason, regardless of team, regardless of money spent. Just he continues to look phenomenal, and I could not be happier. Yeah, well, you take the time to shout out Bruce Brown. I'll shoot out, shout out the other uh, addition that has been really impactful this uh, season in KCP. Contavious Caldwell-Pope has been electric for the Nuggets this season, especially as a shooter. Uh, He didn't shoot well last night, but he has shot well the rest of the season. He's shooting 51.4% on the season right now on 4.7 attempts a game. And he has been really good on both ends of the floor for the Nuggets. He knows exactly how to play on both ends of the floor. He's a very smart player. Same with Bruce Brown. Those two guys have really helped uh, a lot of the issues that the Nuggets did have uh, and continue to have now, but not because of them. Uh, They have been just very solid. KCP, especially as a floor spacer, you know that if he gets a open corner three, that's more than likely going in. Even if he shoots a contested three right now, it's more than likely going in. And he knows where to be on both sides of the floor. He has surgical precision when it comes to getting steals and, you know, little swipe blocks, deflections. He's very good at being a disruptive defender. And you could say the same about uh, Christian Brown too, not to as much of an extent as Bruce Brown and KCP, but Christian Brown has also played very well this uh, season it's great to see him starting to shoot better than he did in the preseason and summer league because he was really struggling there, but he started to have those go in more regularly. He's shooting 38.9% uh, on the season uh, from beyond the arc. So he's been a good shooter. He's uh, been a good defender. Uh, his defensive discipline for a rookie has been very impressive. Uh 
And with all that out of the way, we will now uh, just talk about you know the upcoming games, what to expect. Uh, this week they have a relatively easy schedule with the Pistons, the Thunder, and the Clippers. The Pistons are, I believe, record-wise, yep, they are the worst team in the uh, NBA. They are 1-9 in their last 10. And even though the Nuggets will have to take on this team without uh, Jokic, without Jamal Murray, uh, the Pistons will be missing Cade Cunningham, who is their best player. And the Nuggets should win this game, right? Uh, do you agree with that? Just they are more talented. They should just come out and play and win this one. It, yes, but there is a giant caveat to that. As of now, Bones Highland is day to day with a hip injury. I understand that he will probably play because he played Sunday, but he's day to day. Aaron Gordon is still dealing with an illness. It's not a COVID illness. It's just an illness. Mm-hmm. Jokic and Murray both probably not going to play. Mm-hmm. That is a so first talent as Denver is. That's three starters that are two starters that are going to miss. One starter mm-hmm. that could very well miss, and then a key bench player who is probably going to play as of this recording, but at the same time, they could elect to give him a day off considering that they have a back-to-back coming up. Right. Yeah, they are dealing with injuries. Bones is listed as probable. Aaron Gordon and Ish Smith are both listed as questionable. Um, and then... Jokic and Jamal are listed as doubtful with Jeff Green being listed as out with a right knee contusion uh, that he suffered against the Mavericks last night. Those injuries could definitely play a factor. Even with all those taken into account, I do think that, you know, ideally you'd hope Michael Porter Jr. has a game where he goes off. Uh, we He played better against the Mavs, but or against the Mavs last night. But you do hope that he could uh, get a good game in here. Uh, this is a spot where they are playing them at home. Denver has been a good home team this season, and Detroit has yet to win a game on the road this season. So you hope that maybe with you know the home crowd behind them, MPJ can get uh, one of those performances that we know he's capable of in. But we will see. Uh, as far as the Pistons game goes uh, very soon. And then we have uh, further games being uh, the Thunder and the Clippers. The Thunder are, uh, as Michael Malone put it, like playing a, uh, like having a root canal. Uh, you can play them, but they'll give you trouble most of the time. Uh, the two games that the Nuggets played, have played against them this season uh, were one was the second or the third game of the season where they won by five points. And then they won by 12 uh, against them about a week later. And uh, the Thunder have historically played the Nuggets pretty close. Depending on Jokic and Jamal's availability, that uh, a lot of stuff could change with that game because Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been a ridiculous player this season. Uh, he's probably been a top 10, top 15 guy this season. He's averaging 31.1 points a game, 5.9 assists on 53.4, 40.9, 90.7 splits. 
uh, and he gives the Nuggets issues when they're healthy, let alone if they are injured. So I, if Jokic and Jamal do not play in that game, I would be, uh, I would expect the Thunder to win that game because of Shea, because of, you know, a lot of the Thunder players are just good and tend to give Denver issues. Uh, if Jokic and Jamal are healthy, then I think the Nuggets probably win that game. I think that just kind of comes down to health. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, if Jokic and Murray don't play, I would expect OKC to win. I just, this Thunder team is very explosive, but at the same time, outside of Shea, they're very inconsistent. I mean, Lou Dort can have games where he just gets really hot and scores a ton, and then he can have games where he scores like four points. Uh, same thing goes for Aaron Wiggins and Trey Mann. Both, both of those guys can just randomly get hot and then also go ice cold at the same time. But no, they're a pesky and frustrating team to play. And anytime you have a guy like Shea who has just the raw explosiveness and talent that he does, you are going to be a problem every single night. The fact that Shea is, like, he is one of the oldest players on the team, and he's only in year four. Like, they're the only players on the team older than him right now are really a couple of international guys and then, like, Mike Muscala. But Shea is a veteran on the team, and he looks like it. The guy has 30-plus points in, I believe, seven of his last 10 games. He has He just put up 37 against the Knicks on the road on, I think it was Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday last week, maybe Saturday, or maybe it was Sunday last week. Just he is crazy to watch. He's super fun to watch. And if Jokic and Murray miss again, that is absolutely a game that I'd be like, yep, they're probably going to lose that, especially second night of a back-to-back. Just not a good, not a good uh, way for the dice to fall there. Yeah. And then... The Clippers, uh, they get on Friday, which at that point I would expect uh, both Jokic and Jamal to be back. Um, And that game will probably be the most marquee game of the week, if you will. Uh, The one that, you know, people will be looking at and be like, ooh, the Nuggets won or lost this game, depending on the outcome. Uh, The Clippers have started getting their stuff together uh, after a disappointing start. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're on a two-game two game win streak as of this recording on Monday. Uh, who knows what they'll do throughout the rest of their week. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is uh, a bit touch and go so far. Uh, as far as his health goes, he's back lately, but also in those games hasn't been fantastic. So... I really don't know what to make of this game. I would expect the Nuggets to maybe win it, um, probably win it if Jokic and Jamal are healthy, uh, which I expect them to be. But the Clippers are a very talented team, and it's kind of hard to pin them down right now because they haven't had Kawhi back for most of you know their season. We don't really know what they look like fully healthy quite yet uh do you have any thoughts on that game or is that one where you're you know a little iffy like i am you know the the honest person in me wants to say 
eh, I'm iffy. I don't really know what they're going to be. Kawhi's been in and out, whatever. Paul George has been hurt. But the the realistic person to me, and the person that has watched Denver just get randomly lit up by teams over the last several years, is like Kawhi is going to come back and look like the guy that won a finals MVP. Like that's it's just going to be one of those where Kawhi is just like, yep, I'm the guy that I was five years ago. I know that that's probably very unrealistic, especially with what we've seen recently. But just there are just there are just times and there are just teams where sometimes things just happen, they get out of control, and then you end up getting lit up by a guy. And Kawhi could definitely do that because especially if Aaron Gordon misses that game, Aaron Gordon matches up really well with Kawhi Leonard in terms of just the ability to. Like Kawhi is a big dude with a good amount of speed for his size, and that's and Aaron Gordon matches up well. But if Aaron Gordon is still slow and Kawhi just comes out hot, it could definitely be one of those just vintage Kawhi games. I'm not counting on that. I think that Denver has a very good chance to win, especially if Jokic and Murray are back. But at the same time, I'm also just like, what if that's just the game where Kawhi comes back and is Kawhi? And then Norman Powell just decides he doesn't want to miss threes. As a person that has been on... Norman Powell a couple times this year and gotten burned. Norman Powell is the most frustrating player because he can he'll have a night where he goes four of twelve from three, or like he'll he'll go like four of twelve from the field and one of one of ten from three, and then the very next night he'll go five of seven from three and just not miss at all. He is the most frustrating player, but we've seen those guys go off against Denver. It just happened a couple just happened against Boston. Boston had everybody in the building couldn't miss. Like, it was one of the most incredible shooting displays I've ever seen. Now, it also tells me something. The best teams over the last several years, when they've lost, it has taken a big effort and big outstanding display like that to beat them. That is what t- it takes to beat the best teams, is you just have to have your best game that night. And so if the Clippers come out and they played their best game, then that tells me hey, Denver's a legit team because I think Denver isn't playing their best ball yet. And if you can come out and you play their best, your best ball against them and you win, we'll tip the hat to you and we'll move on because I think Denver will be the better team in the long run. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's completely fair. Uh, and with that being said, uh, I think that that covers everything we need to in this episode. So uh, this episode was presented by, I believe, uh, believe or sorry this episode was presented by bet online uh and also i just want to take a, a second to uh, talk about the uh shooting that happened in colorado springs um over the weekend there was a uh, gay club that 25 uh, were wounded and five were killed i believe um i just want to acknowledge that uh at the end of this episode uh, I know I've talked about uh, a lot of queer stuff on here before. Uh, I know I've used my platform to speak about that, but uh, I just want this to be uh, a time to mourn uh, what was lost in those, uh, in that you know, act of senseless violence, uh, in that pointless crime uh, that took lives that shouldn't have been lost, and. I hope that this can be a catalyst for change moving forward, uh, though I'm skeptical of that for various reasons. Um, but just quickly wanted to uh, say that our wishes, our uh, thoughts are with uh, the families 
that were affected by the shooting by the uh, to the victims uh, to anyone affected by this sort of event um things are never really easy to talk about uh with this sort of thing but uh if you want there are various charities that you can donate to uh and i will link some in uh, the episode notes of this uh, video or of this podcast uh, i will link places where you can donate uh for uh, to help uh, either the victims if there's GoFundMes available or uh, charities related to the LGBTQ plus communities uh, that were affected by this. Uh, so with that being said, uh, I hope you guys have a, a lovely day. Uh, I will, we will catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.